all businesses as people. That's really all it is. Like, yes, there's great systems and great processes. They all help. But good people, this is a saying I picked up one time, like good people make shitty processes great. Like they just do. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Dubbed the business mystic, Finian Kelly is a transformational intentionality coach and speaker who is known for his unique ability to awaken consciousness in business leaders and inspire entrepreneurs to find deeper levels of meaning and purpose in their endeavors. We talk about his past businesses, what led him to his current endeavor, and what his biggest challenge is right now. Now let's get right into it. I started my first business at 24 years old. I'd just come out of the army. I was an army officer in Australia, and then I learned how to trade currencies and equities. And I met a woman who I ended up falling in love with, and we and we built our first business six weeks later, which was quite crazy. And it was a private wealth management company for very high net wealth individuals. And it was in the middle of the global recession, which was quite amazing. And I think there was a few elements what really contributed to it was one that we had a different message when everyone else was sort of like hiding in the investment industry. We were coming out on the attack and being really confident in our methodology. We also were positioning it that it's not about the money or the returns. It's about what is this doing for your life? So we got really into values-based advice at a really early on. And we just knew our niche and really went well. We did that and ended up selling that at some point. But we did multiple businesses at one time. That was probably one of our entrepreneurial, I don't know if it was a mistake or it was just a lesson that we needed to have was to start multiple businesses. So we, we had that business. We also started an insurance and uh, superannuation or 401k business as well, which was more transactional. So one was very high touch. The next was more transactional. And then we started a third business, which was a millennial financial advice and coaching company, which was very cutting edge at the time because no one in the financial industry wanted to deal with the younger generation. And then at the same time, so you could see the story, we started seeing the benefits of offshoring or outsourcing for our company because in Australia, the cost of people in the financial industry was really expensive and it worked really well for us. People started asking us, could we do it for them? And we showed them and then we went, well, why don't we turn a business doing that? So we ended up having a global recruitment company as well for stay-home remote workers. So that was a journey, which was really great. And I thought it was awesome because we were diversified, but we weren't big enough yet. Like they're all million-dollar businesses, but we weren't big enough yet to really be diversified because it was a common connection and that was really the founders 
So when one suffered, they all suffered. So we've definitely learned a lot there. And I went to the Entrepreneurial Master's Program through EO and MIT. And there was a speaker there, a very old, wise guy who said, don't be crude, but he, he said, you can never ship, uh, sit on two toilet seats once. And it was this idea that like, just focus on one thing at one time. That's definitely how I'm living my life right now. Okay. So many questions. First of all, I'm in the EMP program now. So who is the guy? It was George. He's the Boston chicken guy. George Nadaf, I think he's Okay. Name. I haven't met him yet. Second of all, how long did the relationship last with the girl that you started the businesses with? So we went on a nine-year journey together, which was incredible. We got married. We were pretty much married from the first day, but we did get married. <laughs> we moved over to America. We actually started another couple of businesses. We started a business in America. I didn't even go into them because I've sort of put them to the side. No, I think uh, we need to do that. Do you know where I live? I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So, so we ended up starting a tech accounting company as well because we were very frustrated with the way accounting was done with startups. And it was interesting. We went into an industry because we hated it. And then I realized we were in an industry that we hated. And also there was a few other issues going on at that time. We, her father died and there was a lot of stress at that moment. We got into a legal battle over a business we sold. So it was that compounding effect and we just basically had to just dismantle it all, which ended up in our relationship as well nine years later. But it was nine incredible years. We made a lot of impact. We had a lot of great times and it was great until it wasn't. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I love the, the thought that at 24 years old, because at 24, you've only had 24 years to live. Mm -hmm. And for the first 18, you're considered to be a child, right? You're a youth. And to have the foresight to dig deeper into the result of somebody's financial investments and then the result of their life is a pretty mature thought process for someone at 24. Not to say that it's impossible, but it's probably on the unusual side. Mm, and it comes a lot from our life experience. So as a child, I saw how money really impacted my life, my family's life. And there was a lot of family disputes about it. And there was a lot of excuses. We can't do this because of money. And that was a really challenging thing for me because then I saw money being used in other areas. So my father was a passionate, like he was, he was a professional musician. There was always money for a new guitar new drum set, that was always around, but there was never money for other things that we wanted. And what I realized was there always is money. It just depends on your priorities. And right. you will just use money as an excuse. And then I saw how people bicker. And then I saw how people decided their whole career paths over money. So we came from a school where being a doctor, was put up on a pinnacle and it was all driven really around money when i think about it, it was a status thing there was an element of service i'm not going to take that away from them but there was a lot of drive and power and i was like i'm just not going to live that way and then i became an army officer and i saw that literally how people would justify going to war and killing people and being at the risk of being killed was well i'll come back with a hundred thousand dollars in my bank and then i saw my soldiers literally come back from six months away and the first day they go buy a brand new car and they crash it the first day, didn't have insurance and all that's gone. And I just saw this cycle of how money was just controlling people. And I just went, I don't want that in my life. I want to completely be able to empower people and be liberated from it. Now, I truly believe money is a great spiritual teacher because it's when we think about it, it's energy. It's tied between everything in life now. 
whether we like it or not, you can translate everything back to money in, in society because that's the currency we've put things in. So what it does, if that's energy and it's flowing through, you can really see where you're battling in certain parts <laughs> of your life because it just right. it comes highlighted through your relationship with money. You've been called the business mystic, which I love. <sighs> Who named you that and what does it mean to you? Oh, so we're at an event. It was just basically a big EO event and they were just sitting there and they were just talking about me. And I was sitting at a table witnessing them talk about me and they were just like, you know what? You're like the business mystic. You're the guy who somehow can be this entrepreneurial edge and be very respected with the financial world and businesses and lead EOs. But then you have this whole spiritual element and because you actually are trusted in this world because you're this sort of left side brain as well and you have maths and physics degrees and finance degrees, we listen. And that's going to really help our businesses because you're bringing the mystic into the business world. And, and at first I just laughed. And then I went to an event with Chris Doe, who's a big marketing guy. And he said, oh like, yeah, he's been on the words. show. He was yeah, one of my first, brilliant. yeah, he's brilliant. He's amazing. And I just went, oh, that's who I am. I'm the business mystic. And I just went, I find it. I'm going to own it. <laughs> I love it. And so what does it mean to you? Is it part of your branding? Does it make you feel good? Do you think it leads to more trust? Mm -hmm. So what it does for me, it helps me integrate and be a whole person. So if I look at my personal journey over my life, I've played a lot of different roles and they all sort of made sense for me, but I never felt like I was able to show up fully in myself, in my integrity, in my wonder. And it wasn't until I discovered the word intentionality. And as soon as I put that word intentionality above everything else in my life, it all made sense. I was like, oh, that's what I've been doing. And suddenly now I get to show up in my entirety because I'm just the intentionality guy, whether that's doing something very spiritual, whether that's working out, climbing mountains, whether that's partying, whether that's speaking on the stage, I don't have to hide myself anymore. Like that's exactly who I am. And that's a big part of my message is, is that the business mystic is that you can't just be so business. There's a real world out there as well. And it's mystical. Like everyone has to agree that there's a mysticism in this world. And if people who go, I don't believe in miracles, you are a miracle. The fact that you exist in this world is incredible. Think of all the things that had to line up for you to exist. The two people meeting, the chemistry, then you've got to think about the actual procreation, like the chances, like that one little sperm flying through to hit that egg and then building up, like it's a true miracle. And that's what I really want to help people connect with is this idea that there is a miracle right now. It's a wonder that you're here in this life. And really all that matters is like how are you living it and how are you showing up? I don't think you need to come and think that you need to change the world. I actually disagree. I think that's the ego taking over and hijacking what's happening and saying, oh, you're so important. You need to imprint in the world. The world might be perfect by itself, but what about how is it that you want to feel and how is it that you want to be useful to the world? How is it that you want to show up? And it all comes from the present moment. Well, perfect lead into this. And that is, I wanted to know more about Intentionality Inc., and what brought you to developing this new business? Well, mm -hmm. newer than the ones we just talked about. So it's one of those ones where I actually just started listening to people around me. One thing I've done in life is I have the most extraordinary 
group of people in my life, whether it's friends, whether it's associates, mentors, leaders, it's remarkable. And I actually went through a very challenging time four and a half, five years ago when my marriage broke down and I basically brought out all my trauma my whole life and just went, let's just process it now. And in those moments when you're feeling really down, I actually, it's really nice to lean, look back and go, wow, well, I'm doing something right. I have all these extraordinary people. And I did feel a little bit lost. So what I started doing was just looking at what people had written about me because I'd always do testimonials when I'd coach people or do retreats or speak. And that was always just on the side. It was something I just loved doing and I still do. It's incredible. I don't see it as work. And I looked for the theme and the common theme was they just kept saying intentionality. They say he's fin- Finian's the intentionality guy and he's a practitioner. He practices what he preaches and that felt really nice. And I looked at this word and I was like, well, there's something special about being one word. I have a really great friend. Who's it's a long in- word, but. It is. It is a long word. <laughs> and that, that probably helps me as well because it, <laughs> it summarizes a little bit. But I have this great friend, Peter Sheen, who is one of the top speakers in the world, incredible entrepreneur. And he just kept always repeating to me, Finn, he goes, if you had just done one thing, you would have built $100 million business right now. Like you have that capability, but you kept jumping around. You've just got to stay in your lane. And he just kept repeating it to me and repeating it to me. And then I went, okay, but I never knew how to categorize myself. And then I got the word intentionality and I spoke to him and I went, I think I can stay in this lane. And he's like, yes. And I know now this is my life's work. I've never said that before. I've always been very passionate about the businesses, seeing that it has an evolutionary purpose, but I've never said it's my life's work. But this is because it doesn't contain me. It's very concise at the high level, but then abstract in how I actually get to apply it, which is brilliant. And looking back, you may not have been able to arrive at this time and that thought had you not gone through all the different and various businesses. So I have a 26-year-old daughter and she and everyone else her age is in a panic to solidify, to put a rubber stamp on what they're supposed to be doing with their lives. It doesn't work that way. You have to go fishing. It doesn't at all. And all we're doing then is just putting another label on ourselves. So one of the things why I was very nervous about getting that one word is because I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be defined. And we already do that so much in our life, like just from where you grew up, from the school system, from your college degree, how you look. It's all labels, labels, labels. And we think it brings us security, but it doesn't. It actually just brings us a lot of insecurity because security breeds insecurity. So for me to put that label of intentionality had to be a place where I felt completely free and open. And that's what intentionality does for me. For everyone else, I'm just like, explore, like have fun. I'm just amazed. Like I've had multiple careers now and I'm still super young. And I feel like we could do 10 more different careers. Like why (laughs) would you want to be focused on one thing and try to- Well, you can do 10 more within the container of intentionality. So what is the business? What do you do? Awesome. So intentionality is all about helping people define how they want to feel and then taking deliberate action towards it so they can really have an extraordinary life. I really believe that everyone, if the life is ordinary and it's wonderful, but let's make it extraordinary. And we do that through a number of different mechanisms. We have digital programs, which take you through these different pathways of intentionality. We have retreats, 
which we do for YPO and EO for forum retreats, but then we also have intentionality retreats, these immersive, incredible experiences. And then I do a lot of keynote speaking as well. And one thing I'm really passionate about right now, and I believe it could become a huge focus, is the idea of bringing more love into the business world, into the business relationships, and really helping founders and CEOs or visionary integrators really have an extraordinary relationship because this is an intimate relationship. And if they get that right when they first do it and then build it in a special way, like that can create incredible outcomes. So I want to be really starting to niche in that particular area and saying like, all right, this is a significant event. Let's do it the right way and really do it wonderfully. And I just had one of the most incredible experiences reading an article in Forbes and I was like, oh, this is about me. And it was an awesome company that I work with, Media Bridge. She's an EOR as well. And she's just the most remarkable leader and entrepreneur, true abundance. And I've helped her and a team member was actually a first ever hire nine years ago. She's now just stepped into the integrator role and we help them go through a process called the Love Path where they've now committed and she's become a partner in the company. And she wrote all about the experience and it was just really gratifying and it was just a privilege to work with them do you work on your own or do you have a team so i do both so right now what's interesting is i'm actually taking a sabbatical so intentionality it's this weird thing i've been trying to have a sabbatical for a long time and we get in our own way i had many opportunities where i've sold companies and at the same time i've started another one and last year i had some visa issues in America and I actually can't like sort of work that much uh, work right now in America. So I'm just like, I'm taking a sabbatical. A forced so sabbatical. It, yeah, it's really, really wonderful. And I'm and what it was was a sabbatical from sort of doing and striving. So I'm still I'm here doing a podcast, but that is exciting for me. And it's about keeping the momentum because I have learned the power of when the momentum's there, keep it going, but don't feel obligated to do anything. So it's very liberating in that regard. I was wondering about how your military experience may have shaped your ability to be a successful entrepreneur. So I do contribute a lot of my leadership ability to the military. So I went to Duntroon, which is the equivalent of West Point in America. So it's like the top, top leadership place in the world. Like there's only ever been 10,000 people who have graduated from this intense program. And at age 17, I went through this program. and How and why? How and why did you find yourself there at 17? You were an early adapter on everything. I was. I skipped grades at school, finished young. I actually would not recommend that. It's too young. It's that whole idea what your 26-year-old daughter's trying to do is like force life. I was like trying to race life. I've spent the last 16 years trying to unwind that pattern of trying to race and I'm just getting into I'm that place. I'm glad you said that because back to Bennett, my daughter, she graduated college in three years at the age of 20. And there was an excitement about it because it was on accident, but it did not serve her. It ended up being a negative attribute and an experience, but keep going about your military experience. It is. And this is the challenge just because you intellectually and I had a massive physics degree, double degree at 19, and also an army officer at that age. So at this level, just because you intellectually doesn't mean socially, emotionally, or anything you're at that level as well. So I think that's something we need to be very mindful of. So 
basically what it was for me was it was a way out. That was the thing was this pressure of becoming a doctor. And I lived in Tasmania, this small state in mm. Australia. It was very controlled and I just didn't want to be there. And I didn't know any other way out. And then the military was a way where I could go on an adventure, which is one of my values as aliveness. I thought it was a sense of freedom because I was self-sufficient. I didn't have to rely on anyone. I was getting paid and it was just a different pathway. And I realized it wasn't for me, but I'm still very grateful for it. And going back to that question, a lot of it was the ability to lead at a very young age. So at a young age, sometimes I was in charge of up to 100 soldiers, ranging from 17 to 55. And you ran their life. It was, if I decided we're going out field for the next month, tomorrow, they just had to do it, tell their families and everything. So there was a lot of responsibility. And at the same time, I also had these older officers above me, the generals, who I would have to go pitch strategies to. And so you learned a lot of confidence. And that's why when I started that private wealth management company, I wasn't insecure about pitching really wealthy, older generations because I had already been doing that as an army officer. So I do contribute to it. There was another few things like few main lessons, like you could distill the whole of the military training around a couple of principles. One is just make a decision. Like that's Mm -hmm. all you have to do. It doesn't even have to be the right decision. Just make it because then once you make it, you'll work out it's wrong and then you can pivot. So that was a big one. The importance of clear communication, having that real vision and sharing that. So that was another element. And yeah, really just about you're serving your people. Like that was another big lesson is is that your soldiers, you've got to be leading by through service. And that was the same approach how I've tried to do it with my team members as well. So there was a lot of principles I took from that. You're on sabbatical right now, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, because you still own and are running a business. What is Mm -hmm. your number one challenge that you're faced with today? You've had a lot of success. You've had Mm -hmm. some challenges because you're human. These things happen. What is the challenge that you're faced with right now? So I believe it's been the same problem from day one is getting the right people. I really contribute. (laughs) Yeah, you see it. And, And it's something which we don't, it's not taught enough, but I look at it. All businesses is people. That's really all it is. Like, yes, there's great systems and great processes. They all help. But good people, this is a saying I picked up one time, like good people make shitty processes great. Like they just do. And finding them at the right time, being able to afford them, being able to motivate them. Talk about mysticism. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is a mystery on how we do that. And I'm at a place where I have temporarily figured it out. Oh, tell me. I mean, really, I mean, that's how I have to look at it. I haven't completely figured it out, but for this time and place, I have a team that is fully responsible, fully engaged, fully gets it once it has capacity, but it's not necessarily going to last forever. I strive to let it, but yes, people. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm doing actually right now is I'm spending most of my energy calling in my people. Like I'm not actively going and seeking them. I'm like doing a lot of meditations on calling in and I don't need, I know I don't need to find the hundred. I need to find the one or the two because they'll go find the right people. So I have this vision of this incredible integrator. I believe she's a female. That's what I've got the image of because I just work really well with the feminine and it's part of intentionalities. It's built on the feminine and I just want to have an incredible partner, someone who really wants to just drive this business and I can be a great support to her and coach in that regard like I do with other people. So uh, if anyone's listening, please reach out. (laughs) 
So the last thing I'd like to talk to you about is, and we could flip that challenge into the answer to this question, but maybe think about if there's a better answer. And the question is, what is your strategy for growth this year? So clearly we could flip your challenge into what is your strategy? And that may be it, but is there something else that you're really doubling down and focusing on for growth? So the main thing for me is consistency in the message. So that's what I've been focusing on the most. I believe the repetition really works. And I've seen people who have really like come like the forefront of that area. They just have been saying it for a long time. Like they literally have just been saying the same message for a long time. You think of Dr. Joe Dispenza. We think of Brene Brown, like these people, like, it's not new what they've been doing. They've just been saying it. So I'm just really going consistent with the message. That's where I feel like it will be the most value and really keeping the high vibrational state of the company. So making sure that we're only doing work that we really love doing, working with people that really matters because I know that's what will pay off in the long term. So it's interesting. I actually have zero goals for the company at the moment. I think goals can be big detractors, but I've got a lot of feelings around the company, like a lot of intentions around how the company feels, what's the energy like, and and that's very liberating for me. Finian shared his incredible journey with us, talked about intentionality in business and how early military experience helped shape him as an entrepreneur. For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.